Billy Wilder, director of films like Some Like It Hot, Double Indemnity and The Seven Year Itch, said that a director must be a policeman, a midwife, a psychoanalyst, a sycophant and a bastard. On this episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we are taking a closer look at the policemen, midwives, psychoanalysts and sycophantic bastards as we look at the role that the director plays in bringing TV ads together. When commercial TV first came to Britain, agencies were conflicted about whether it was better to bring in film specialists or to train ad men and women in the skills of film. Brian Palmer was one of the ad men to be trained up. Whereas many British agencies thought the thing to do was to hire film people and try and teach them advertising, Young and Rubicum took the view that it was just another medium. What you needed was advertising people and teach them the techniques of television, which is how I got into it. Here, Atland philosopher Jeremy Bullmore explains why it was better to train up ad people than bring in film specialists. A very English agency, S.H. Vinson, took preparation for television very seriously and had a totally separate television department. So they didn't ask their writers to write print, press and television. They just had television writers and producers tucked away in a separate unit, which produced very professional uh, commercials, but they tended to be totally off strategy because they were, they were written by people who hadn't done the press, the press work or the posters. So there's a bit of a, a schism between the work that they did for television and the work they did for other media. One of the greatest successes to come from this wave of schooling ad people in the art of television is the career of Sir Alan Parker. Alan has written and directed many iconic films, including Bugsy Malone, Midnight Express, Fame and Evita. However, he first developed his talents by working in advertising in the 60s. He recalls how he fell into directing, almost by accident. Commercials were not something that any of us really had a lot of expertise at. And no one did in London, and the commercials mostly, as I say, were, were pretty awful. And so I asked if we could have a budget uh, to experiment, uh, in, uh, and it was suggested that we, we use the basement, because at CDP, it was a weird building, there was a huge big basement, which was a little bit like a car park, except you, there was no ramp built down to it, so it was empty, really, and uh, used for a bit of storage and stuff. So it was like a film studio, in a way, and so... Uh, they gave us a budget to experiment on 16mm film and I would write pilot commercials that we would make in the basement and I would use the people from the agency in these commercials. And the commercials we then used as a device to get new business and no one had ever done that before because commercials were so expensive to make. If you were pitching for a, 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 a client, no one would dream of making a commercial, but we were able to do them. And indeed, uh, I did a whole lot of, that's how we got uh, Ford. I did a whole lot of commercials in the basement. That's how we got Hovis. I did a lot of commercials for Hovis. That's how we got the post office. I did a, all these pilot commercials, really, in the, in the basement. And uh, they got more and more elaborate. In fact, Alan's commercials became so inventive and elaborative that he feared he might get the sack. I was doing this sort of pre-revolutionary Russian ball thing for Benson Hedges Pipe, pipe Tobacco, where I had a, the entire accounts department dressed up in tiaras and, you know, fancy clothes. And um, it was uh, the same time that John, John Pierce was taking a client around. And... Uh, uh, 
he, he, there was no one there in the agency. He says, where is everybody? And they said, they're all in the basement making a commercial with Alan. So he wasn't very pleased. And so the, uh, the very next day, they called me into the boardroom, I always remember, and uh, they said, Alan, um, these commercials, um, uh, it's, you know, it's got to a point where we think you should leave. And I was, I thought, oh, I've never been fired in my life. And um, they said, uh, we want you to leave. We want you to uh, direct commercials. And uh, we will give you an interest-free loan to start your company. And uh, probably we'll give you a lot of work. And I couldn't believe it. It was just, it had never entered my mind that I actually would be doing directing, you know, as a job. I was doing it as an extension of being in the agency. And so suddenly there, you know, I had to leave. And, uh, and I did. And they did give me a lot of work, <laughs> fortunately. Hugh Hudson is a multi-award winning director, best known for films including Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, and, of course, The Great Chariots of Fire. Like Alan, he spent the early years of his career building a name for himself by working on ads including Fiat, made by robots, and British Airways, The Face. He recalls how there was a lot of prejudice against directing ads at the beginning. At that time, the industry was always sceptical. The people in the industry felt it was terrible to make commercials. Feature film uh, artists or technicians felt it was beneath them. Slowly, it changed when they realised that they could make money, a lot of money out of it. And it was a very good way of testing equipment. And then finally, directors used to come into it. I think the group, of my group of people of my age, like Parker and Ridley, Scott, myself, changed the perception of it in the sense that uh, it became then fashionable to, to, for directors, of very well-known directors, to come in and be given a job to make a 30-second, one-minute film. They, they disdained it to begin with, but very soon they, they caught on. Hugh believes that directing ads gives future film directors a strong grounding in the skills needed to tell a captivating visual story. It was a very, very good schooling, making ads. It was very, very um, productive for making ideas that caught the attention, because that's all you've got to do. Very difficult to catch attention on television. You've got to do something shocking or, or remarkable, visually remarkable to to catch the eye, because that's all you need. You've got to catch the eye in order to put, to put at the end of it a product. So, as simple as that. Here, Alan explains the greatest challenges TV commercial directors face when pulling together an ad. You're dealing with 30 seconds, if you're lucky, 45 seconds. That's a terribly short period of time. And in that time, you've got to say to someone who's watching the TV, excuse me, um, would you look at us for a minute, or for 45 seconds? Um, and here's something that's quite amusing or interesting and you might smile or laugh or be intrigued and at the end of it uh, I've got to sell you something, a product. And that, to, to be able to do that in 45 seconds is incredibly difficult. Now we're going to have a look at one of Alan's ads for Birdseye, one which brought the worlds of cinema and advertising rather neatly together. I did a lot of stuff for, for Birdseye. The, my favourite commercial is uh, Bird's Eye Dinner for One, which uh, we remade uh, Brief Encounter. Geoffrey Seymour was the, the writer, and very brilliant writer at CDP, done some w- quite wonderful work. 
And he was very interested in pastiches of old movies, which was fantastic for us because I suppose we, even then we had ambitions to maybe go on and make movies. So to do a miniature feature film and to remake David Lean's film um, was pretty good, I thought. It was just great opportunity to make Brief Encounter again, but for Bird's Eye Dinner for One. As Alan said, the ad you're about to hear is for Bird's Eye's range of Dinner for One meals. It's a spoof of Brief Encounter, a 1945 romantic drama written by Noel Coward and directed by David Lean. The ad spoofs the ending of the film, where the two lovers leave each other for the last time at a train station. I won't say goodbye. No, don't say goodbye. Sounds so permanent. It's only for a very short time. Look after yourself. Bird's Eye Roast Beef Dinner for One. Roast beef, cream potatoes, peas and Yorkshire pudding. Especially handy for people who aren't used to being on their own. Alongside this commercial, Alan also directed ads for brands including Benson & Hedges, Parker Pens and Cinzano, featuring Joan Collins and Leonard Rossiter. He believes in the importance of giving directors creative freedom if you want them to deliver their best work. We were free to do it because we didn't have the strictures of thousands of committees and uh, the things weren't tested as such. Because there weren't 20 committees, there wasn't 20 reasons why the commercial ended up was not very good, which is what you have these days. So I had complete freedom to make the commercials as the way we wanted to. And out of that came the best work, by far. If you don't have freedom, creative freedom, then you're going to do mediocre work because it's that freedom that creates anything that's good, whether it be feature films, novels or whatever, is to do with individuals being able to express themselves unfettered by committees and other people's opinions, because too many people's opinions will kill anything, anything. And so you don't get good people wanting to go into that world because it's too tough and ultimately not very rewarding or satisfying. One of the main criticisms targeted at the ad industry today is that creatives are not given enough freedom to deliver stellar work, with too many people having a say in what the final product needs to look like. Hugh Hudson believes that it has had a negative effect on the talent that's coming into the industry. People aren't going into advertising anymore. The, the, the talented people have found other ways of um, working because the, the product, the, out, the output is bad. Um, it's bad because then the, the clients don't like doing something that we did in those, in those heydays of advertising. They can't afford it, maybe, and they, therefore the agencies aren't employing people. Very few. Fewer, put it that way. So, the industry is in need of more directors, those who can master the act of micro-storytelling and arresting the attention of the increasingly distracted consumer. If you have those skills, then pick up your camera, practice your best directorial voice, and get in touch with your local agency. Your Adland needs you. If you are interested in hearing more episodes of the History of Advertising podcast, including ones looking at research, how the rise of the internet affected the industry, and how to manage creativity, then visit the History of Advertising Trust on patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com today, where you can access exclusive episodes covering off these topics. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Meggett Phillips and featured contributions from Brian Palmer, Jeremy Bullmore, Sir Alan Parker and Hugh Hudson.
The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Maggot Phillips. To find out more about the adverts featured on this programme, please go to hatads.org.uk.